0: Welcome to the National Crawford Roundtable Podcast, a view of culture, current events, and politics through a biblical lens. Brought to you by Preborn, saving babies and souls, and Wilson Financial Advisors, over 50 years of financial expertise and success. Visit CrawfordMediaGroup.net and click on their logos for more information or to donate. And now, here are your hosts, Neil Boron, Bob Duco, Roger Marsh, and John Rush,
1: and we're back this week with another edition of the National Crawford Roundtable Podcast with all the guys, Bob Duco, Bob Duco Show, WMUZ in Detroit, Neil Boron, Neil Boron Live out of WDCX in Buffalo, New York, John Rush, Rush to Reason, KLZ right in Denver, where I'm kind of next door at KLDC, and Roger Marsh here, the host of the Bottom Line Show. Gentlemen, how are things this week? Lovely. Great, Great
2: Roger. Thank you. Welcome back.
1: Thank you. Thank you. Did everyone survive the Super Bowl?
3: no no it was brutal all i could do is picture my lions how they should have Mm. been in there Mm -hmm. and uh and it's like oh i bet the
2: lions could have beat the chiefs but Mm -hmm. i couldn't bear to watch the chiefs win after what they've done to the bills over the years okay (laughs) but you know what though
3: i do have to say this okay and yes roger we know you're licking your wounds over your your 49ers losing as well but the owner of the chiefs Uh, Some people may not know this, but the owner of the Chiefs is a born-again Christian, and when he was accepting the Lombardi Trophy, he did say, hey, I just want to thank the Lord for this. Uh, Patrick Mahomes, I don't know the state of his faith, but I do know that he is considered to be a professed Christian, and when he was holding the Lombardi Trophy in the ceremony at the end, he said, you know what? God gets all the glory. He's He challenged us to be better and whatever. And so I thought that those things were kind of, you know, and then it was time to see Travis Kelsey and Taylor Swift making out, you know. So, but other than that... It was,
2: uh, Bob kept hitting you know, kept hitting replay over. And all over <laughs> oh, thank you.
3: <laughs> well, every time, every time Kelsey would catch something, I'd be like, I scream it at the TV. Where's my Taylor cam? Where's my Taylor cam? Uh-huh. Okay. And then, uh-huh. you know, finally they'd come through. So,
1: well, we should ask our favorite Swifty, John Rush. How did you think about the game turned out? <laughs> I am a, I have
4: a disdain for the chiefs because of being a Denver fan and, Pat Bolin used to always say, you know, the old owner of the Broncos, you never, ever, ever root for your division rival in the Super Bowl. So, no, mm-hmm. I did not want them winning.
1: <laughs> wow. Well, but right. you guys do realize this was the most watched television event in the history of it American was. television. You are I mean, correct. You know, and, and and a lot of that credit, I'm sure, goes to Taylor Swift. And it may also go to the fact that I posted something on my social media halfway through the game saying, oh. I, think, I think Patrick Mahomes is on the take. I can't believe a guy uh. this good is playing this badly. I'm just, and I, I know he's a professing Christian, but dang. But anyway, that's that, maybe that's for a whole separate topic of conversation. Today, there, was a, there were some other things happening in the world. And of course, we have the, uh, the report that has come out now, uh, basically pinning some things onto the current president of the United States that we all knew were true. Um, and of course, now we have special counsel Robert Hur, who has kind of uh, breathed new life into these allegations with regard to uh, the way he handled uh, uh, the, the the data, how he handled the information that was available to him. And the larger issue now is whether or not Joe Biden is fit to be president. And guys, I mean, I think we can all take a bow here. We've been talking about this for the past year, at least, saying there's going to come a point where the Democrat party is going to say, look, gosh gee willikers it looks like maybe joe biden isn't going to be able to run for a second term and that first and foremost let's kind of go around the horn john we'll start with you since you're still looking those uh, those kansas city chief ones okay um first uh, with regard to the report are you surprised about the, what they found about the way joe biden has been handling things especially classified information no
4: to, roger to your point i mean these are the things that we've been talking about even on this podcast now for quite some well since since the story actually broke and before all of you that are on the left start screaming into your uh into your uh, however you're listening to us be it through either the radio or through the podcast itself before you start screaming at us and telling us that well but donald trump but donald trump because by the way i've been through that on my show These are two separate things. They are not one and the same. You can't compare the two at all. One was President of the United States, and there's always arguments over when the President of the United States leaves what documents he takes and so on. Obama did the same thing. This has gone on for years. The VP, on the other hand, is a completely different issue i'm sure we'll get into that bob is is much more of an expert on that than even i but the reality is these are not apples to apples it's apples to oranges joe biden definitely committed a crime but because he's feeble old and frail and if you put him on the stand a jury would feel sorry for him we're not going to prosecute i mean this isn't just two tiers of justice it's two completely different levels of justice
1: Yeah, I love what Robert Herr had to say. And I say that loved in air quotes where he said, if we did go ahead and prosecute this guy, and I'm quoting him here, Mr. Biden would likely present himself to a jury as he did during our interview of him as a sympathetic, well-meaning elderly man with a poor memory, who just happened to be the vice president when all this happened. And is now currently the most important leader of the the free world. Uh, Neil, what is your on this? I mean, especially for those of us in the faith who've been saying, look, we don't want to sit around trying to point the dust out in every corner, but this is pretty huge
2: yeah it's really big i think and it, it's just interesting how all these special counsels end up you know issuing the rulings and what exactly are in these findings but I, I think that some people were aghast by this report and that it was politicized i mean that's what you're hearing from the democratic party now that somehow there was some kind of an inside job that this was uh, designed to spill the beans you know right before the election etc but um I, I mean i i think he called a spade a spade like you know robert hurt said what he saw and and i think it's what we've all seen right i mean we've all seen joe biden rumble bumble and stumble and donald trump has stumbled a couple times recently as well but he carries himself differently he doesn't look as frail doesn't look as lost he's not relying on cue cards all the time in fact you know donald trump probably has never used a cue card in his life he just <laughs> speaks off the cuff so you know but what was really interesting about the whole thing if you think about it especially prosecutors of all kind you know um Uh, even in local municipalities and stuff, they're they're trying to figure out, listen, can I get a conviction here? Can, do the charges warrant uh, taking this thing to trial? Is there any way we can actually get a conviction? You know, should we proceed with this whole thing? And really, in a way, that's what the report was saying, was look at, yeah, I mean, he broke the law. And there's no question about that in the report. Uh, Joe Biden broke the law by having these documents, the way that he handled them, the kind of stuff that was in them. But, there's no way that a jury would ever convict him, so we're going to give him a pass on this, which is pretty amazing because then if you think about people awaiting trial, you know, in in state prisons and whatever, uh, these are like people with rap sheets a mile long, they're uh, convicted drug dealers and whatever. In that sense, you could literally say that because they are able to stand trial, that they are more fit to be president of the United States than Joe Biden, which I know is blasphemous to somebody who's a fan of Joe Biden, but I'm just saying this report really I think rocked and shocked people because of the nature of what it was saying it it wasn't just about the documents anymore it was about are we safe are we actually safe right now in the United States of America because who's leading our country
1: yeah it's a it's a it's a frightening thought and if we think about this Bob I know that As we're coming up on the election, a lot of people are going to be looking at Joe Biden and saying, well, yeah, he's a good Catholic guy. You know, I mean, we we need to have a man of faith in the White House. He's also one of the biggest proponents of abortion in the world. And I'm so grateful that we have people who are fighting against abortion, not with clubs and torches and knives, but rather with good information like our friends at Preborn.
3: Well, we do, and we're so thankful for, for Preborn and for Dennis Wilson and the sponsors of this podcast. And when you folks hear us talking about Preborn, I want you to keep in mind, this is the main pro-life group in America that shows ultrasound images in pro-life centers to expectant moms. And as moms choose life when they see a picture of their baby, they usually end up accepting the Lord, too. So this falls on us to pay for these ultrasound images, plain and simple. Mm-hmm. You can save babies' lives with some dollars. So $28 is the average ultrasound expense to stop one abortion, to save one baby's life. So we're asking everybody listening to us right now, would you pray about a number? Take $28 times fill in the blank. Whatever that number is, maybe God lays on your heart, that's your forever legacy of the number of babies' lives that you saved, the number of abortions that you stopped. $28 times fill in the blank whatever that number is. Now, you can give two ways. You can give online or on the phone. If you want to give online, just go to CrawfordMediaGroup.net and click on Preborn. CrawfordMediaGroup.net, click on Preborn. And hey, 100% of what you give, every penny goes to fund ultrasounds, nothing for overhead. Now, if you want to talk to a real-life person on the phone, they answer 24-7. So call anytime, 833-850-BABY. That's 833 833-850- 850 baby and we appreciate you folks doing this and you know roger to the point that you were saying about about joe biden what people are going to say regarding the election and this report coming up which can i just say i'm waiting for somebody to point out the political incorrectness of the special prosecutor's name and start calling him robert her he him z you know so <laughs> robert <doesn't>, they yeah <laughs> robert they you're absolutely right they need to be robert they stop the hate mm. um but no, to me, there's the two big takeaways from this report are both extremely troubling. Uh, the one, of course, that, yeah, he's too feeble minded, basically, to be charged. He's not too feeble minded to have the nuclear launch codes. He's not too feeble minded to be the president for the next five years. That's today's Democratic Party. Uh, and this is a guy that that can't remember when his son, Bo died within, quote, several years. It was only several years ago that he died in 2015, okay? And so that he doesn't remember when he was vice president in his interview with Robert Hurst. So so this is really troubling stuff, to be sure. But then the other thing is, yeah, as John was saying, the absolute two tiers, two levels, two universes Of justice that exists in this country. It's Hillary Clinton all over again. Here's Mm -hmm. a list of crimes that she committed, but no reasonable prosecutor would bring charges. So I would say, Roger, let's let's really think about a comparison here. Joe Biden, when he took these classified documents, he was senator and vice president. Donald Trump, when he took classified documents, was protected by the Presidential Records Act presidential records act only applies to one person that's the president and it Mm -hmm. says that the president has quote these are the exact words quote the sole authority to determine what documents he takes with him so trump at least had the presidential records act joe biden did not trump had the authority to declassify documents as he said he did now did he follow proper procedures i don't know fair debate but joe biden never even had that proper authority to do that Donald Trump kept his documents in a in somewhat of a secured location at Mar-a-Lago with Secret Service there under lock and key. Joe Biden kept them strewn in multiple places including the garage floor next to his Corvette. And then the final on this, Joe Biden gets no charges whatsoever. Donald Trump is facing 450 years in prison mm-hmm. for the 37 charges that are being brought by, are you ready, the Biden administration uh-huh. against Donald well, don't, Trump. Don't
4: forget, part of the, where those documents were stored is uh, property controlled by the Chinese as That's well. That's right. The,
3: right. the, the Biden-Penn center. The, the Biden center, you're absolutely right. Chinese government funded as well. And Donald Trump is facing 450 years in prison, and it's the Biden administration trying to put him in prison when we see this two-tiered system of justice. This is Twilight Zone surreal, guys, it is.
1: It, it's really odd to see, and yet I, I couldn't help but notice the timing. I mean, we've got uh, Super Tuesday, big one, California, Texas, number of it, Colorado on March the fifth, and of course, early voting is already happening. Remembering the Hillary Clinton, uh, the Comey issue, and, and sh- that coming out, you know, a couple weeks before the general election back in twenty sixteen, and how that didn't have as much of a, a damaging impact on Hillary Clinton. But the fact, the timing of this, and I'll put this up to you, John, first. What what do you think of the timing of this? Because the the idea that here we're going right before primary season to throw this out here to kind of place the doubt in the minds of either uh you know Biden supporters or Biden haters. Mm-hmm. But either way, it's kind of like they're starting to say, Okay, gosh, maybe we maybe you're right. Maybe he is a little old and this gives us enough time to do it. Is yes. it a suspicious yes. timing or you think it's right on the nose?
4: No, no, this is exactly on cue. This is what they want to do, as I've you know, we've the majority of us have said. I think all of us have said that we doubt highly if Biden will end up being the candidate. This is this is in my opinion part of the process in that, Roger. And then on on top of that I think you look at the press side of this as well. Not only is this happening, but now the press and even a lot of quote unquote Biden supporters in the past are starting to turn and question and really just put doubts in the minds of of even those that are on the Democrat side and especially the voters that are in the middle. So, yeah, do I believe this is the beginning of the end now? Do I believe that Joe Biden and his regime will go quietly. I think there's an internal fight right now going on inside the Democrat Party because, no, Joe holds a lot more power. He knows where all the bodies are buried. He has a lot more... I've said this from the the get-go, and some of you guys didn't necessarily agree with me, but Biden has a lot more power and and has a lot more control than people give him credit for. Even though he's feeble-minded, the regime around him has a lot. They are not going to go away quietly. And I think the Democrat Party is trying to figure out how do we do this where we don't destroy the party in the process. He doesn't yeah, because-
3: remember where the bodies are buried, though. He doesn't remember where his keys are. <laughs> no,
4: that's true. <laughs>
3: well, and that but, makes. But, bit-
4: but but Bob Jill does.
3: Yeah. Well, you know what? That is true. Ooh. That is true. Actually, I think Jill is way more powerful, frankly, than I Joe agree. Biden is. Mm-hmm. I agree. Yeah, and,
1: and they have done a masterful job, if I may say so. I'm not applauding them for doing this, but, I mean, if, if you have to give credit, where credit is due. When you looked at the, uh, the, the administration of President 44, the Barack and Michelle Obama team, she was a lot more front and center, obviously, because of, you know, the history that they made uh, going into the White House. But Joe Biden could just kind of hang out in the back, and she's been dismissed. Oh, she was a doctor in education, so that doesn't really count, you know, and everything like that. People don't know, didn't, what, Goldberg even goes so far as to say, I think she'd make a great surgeon general with her doctorate of education, which is a totally different degree than an MD, but it's purely academic. But, th- but this is one of those situations where you have to watch everybody in- who's moving here, especially the ones moving without the ball behind the scenes, because we know, let's face it, the debt continues to rise. We've got a, a, a bunch of looming tax increases coming our way. And one of the things that we have to be careful as Christians, we have to be careful about is how do we steward our money and how do we protect our money? And that's one of the reasons I'm so blessed that Dennis Wilson is a part of the National Crawford Roundtable podcast. If you're looking for a way to legally, and we're talking ethically, there's no funny business of finding all out- as to what is being offered in the financial markets right now is not as tough as you think if you have the right tour guide, and Dennis Wilson is that guy. If you're looking for tax-free or tax, uh, the lowest tax possible on your income in retirement, Dennis Wilson is the guy to call. Right now, he's offering a program that gives you the opportunity to take a conventional IRA or 401k, which is a ticking tax time bomb. You, you, you don't know it at the time you get into it, but once you get to retirement age, you find out, good Lord. And then with the inheritance tax changes, Getting that thing into a Roth is the best thing you can do. And Dennis has a program right now that will actually provide you with a pretty much a lateral transfer and a better return on a Roth IRA than you get on a 401k. But the only way you're going to find that out is to call Dennis Wilson at 800-696-9970 and tell Emily when she answers the phone that you heard us talking about this on the National Crawford Roundtable podcast, 800-696-9970, or click the link at crawfordmediagroup.com for... Media Group.net, Fort Wilson Financial, that's up there as well. Uh, Neil, as we look at this, you know, the timing and, and what the Democrats' real end game is, Do you th- it now seems to be the time. Uh, we're going to get into a list here of the uh, five Democrats who have been floated as possible Biden replacements. Before we get into the list, if you, Neil Boron, were being asked to be a Democratic strategist, who would you float as the best replacement for Joe Biden right now?
2: Well, I don't know much about politics, you know, to be honest. I We talk about it on my program, but not nearly as much as um, I think uh, Roger and – I'm sorry, uh, John and Bob do. Um, Roger, I know you talk politics as well, but it's not a major focus of what we do on MBL. So um, I don't really know, but I, I speaking from the heart more or less, I think Michelle Obama is the strongest candidate. Now, somebody could obviously make a case for Gavin Newsom out of California or Governor Whitmer, uh, uh, you know, out of uh, – Michigan. And the other thing is uh, she's in a swing state. So maybe that makes a big deal. But if you're just talking about flat out name recognition and somebody who brings, uh, you know, a heavyweight in a sense, who brings uh, a sense of good vibes and like a, a reminder of better times. And I'm not saying that conservatives feel that way, but I'm talking about independent voters and the democratic party who would have to say goodbye to their nominee joe biden and any safety they feel comes along with that like you know he's a lock because he's an incumbent etc cetera, etc cetera. i actually think michelle obama kind of rises to the top in my mind but i'm i've been reading the polls i've been looking at the newspaper and i'm not seeing that from any experts yeah, so to speak so i guess i don't know what's happening
1: well I, I don't know that it isn't going to happen necessarily but it certainly will uh, potentially be discussed bob uh, Neil mentioned uh, Governor Whitmer, um, and of course, that's right up your alley. Um, you, know, you and I both come from uh, people's republics now where, of course, abortion has been pushed pretty heavily. Uh, I'm sure the folks at Preborn are sitting there saying, please, not someone like that. But understanding, of course, that uh, part of the reason why we do support a ministry like Preborn is because of the fact that that uh, there are people who are willing to take a stand, especially when there's governors who are trying to kill babies and uh, potentially even new presidential candidates who are falling I in the know, same category. I know,
3: I and, know. And, and by the way, I, I do think it's going to be Gigi, the two G's, Gavin okay. and Gretchen, and both of them are rabid pro-abortionites. And I know sometimes people listen to us and say, yeah, but you know, what can I really do about it? I'm just one person. You know something? You can stop abortions. You actually really can. You can save babies' lives. Maybe you can't save a million of them, but can you save 10, 50, 100? See, $28 is the average ultrasound expense to save one baby's life, to stop one abortion. Preborn is the one who shows these ultrasound images in pro-life centers. We pay for the ultrasound images. That's what we, the body of Christ, does. So $28 will stop one abortion, will save one baby's life. How many babies' lives will you save? We're asking everybody in the audience. Take $28 times, fill in the blank. Pray about a number. If it's 10 babies, that's $280, and it's a one-time gift. Is it 50 babies? Is it 100 babies? I don't know what you can afford. This will be the forever legacy in your home, in your family, in your business, that here's how many babies' lives we saved in a one-time gift back in 2024. So here's how you give to pre-born. Two different ways, online or on the phone. Online, just go to crawfordmediagroup.net. Click on Preborn. You can give right there. crawfordmediagroup.net. Click on Preborn. And hey, guess what percentage of your money goes to fund ultrasounds? 100 percent not a penny for overhead or anything else and also you can give over the phone just give them a call 833-850-BABY and they answer the phones 24 7 call 3 in the morning sunday night somebody's answering so 833-850-BABY you can give right over the phone just mention national crawford roundtable when you call and yeah roger i i think it's going to be i think it's going to be gavin and gretchen that would be my best guess possibility of michelle obama i suppose but I'm thinking the delegates behind the scenes are already kind of putting together their plan for August at the Democratic National Convention. They got between now and then to convince Joe Biden to step aside and not to run for reelection. And then that's where the delegates are already going to have their plan behind the scenes too. we're going to nominate Gavin with Gretchen as his running mate. Uh, that's that's where I'm putting my chips. Obviously, I could be proven wrong.
1: Yeah, it's interesting to see how they're going to play this out, because, you know, there was a time, I think, in American politics, remember back in the uh, Boehner years of, uh, uh, you know, right around the midterms of 2014, and the, the government shutdown, government slimmed down, and all that brouhaha that happened in October of 2013. And people thought, boy, this is not going to bode well for Republicans a year later. And a year later, the electorate forgot pretty much, you know, it really wasn't a driving issue. I mean, one of the things that is a big issue for Democrat voters right now, Gallup had a poll that came out just this morning that said, you know, we 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 saw Bill Clinton wind up beating George H.W. Bush because of A, a huge assist from Ross Perot, and B, the uh, the mantra, it's the economy, stupid. Well, mm. now it appears to be it's immigration, stupid. Right. And John, what, how do you, of the candidates yep. that are kind of being floated around, what Which one plays best into that hand, do you think?
4: I will disagree with Bob because of what you just said and the fact that immigration is huge and the fact that Gavin Newsom and both Whitmer have not done very well. Whitmer believes in a complete open border system. So frankly, I think you need to have somebody that can distance themselves from that as much as possible. And I had a prediction on my show yesterday. We have our own very, you know, very own Governor Polis here, which not a lot of people know, although he's very popular Here among Democrats, and it wouldn't take much to boost him up some. We just had in Denver, our mayor, change the entire budget system around for the city of Denver because of the quote-unquote migrants that are now here in our city and in our state. Now, what I predict is this. If our governor somehow steps in and somehow fixes all of the disaster that's now going on. And people are upset because a lot of their city services are now going to be changed and or canceled and or cut short. There's even some folks inside of the city government itself saying, we are not going to abide by this budget cut. We're going to do exactly what we've done prior. So it's becoming a real mess here. If the governor steps in and does something to create calm among all of that, count on him being the nominee for president of the United States on the the Democrat side.
3: Wow. Okay. Let, let me. Uh, I want to push back on that. Here's why I say I don't think that's going to happen. And this may be, end up being a thing where I know I'm going to end up having to wear a Denver Broncos cap for the whole <laughs> podcast. All right, whatever. But no, here, here's why I don't think – I get what you're saying about the border. And right now the border is a number one issue for Americans. And so you would think Gavin Newsom especially would be vulnerable on that sanctuary state Gavin. But my thing is if Joe Biden steps aside – and Gavin Newsom becomes the new the, the, the nominee at that point it seems like this is going to be such a shiny new toy for the media, and that a lot right. of independent swing voters are going to say, you know, I just feel a sense of relief that Joe Biden is gone good retire. Hey, this Gavin Newsom, what a winning smile! He's like Matthew McConaughey with with with, <laughs> with eloquence, and, and so those independent swing voters are going to love him. Soccer moms are going to fall in love with him. The glisten's going to be on his teeth when he smiles. He You're is right. very he is very. Yeah, eloquent he's already had and,
4: several miscued missteps already up to this I know, but point, but you know what? The I guy don't. is. Sure Sharp on happening. his,
3: the guy is sharp on his feet. He can. When he he can wasn't when he debated. He wasn't way. when he debated DeSantis. He was when he debated Sean Hannity. And so, you know, I, I get it, but I'm just saying, in a general sense, he can. He's pretty slick-tongued. He's like a wet bar of soap. And it seems to me that the Repu- Now, if the Republican Party suddenly learned how to stay on message mm-hmm. and brand themselves well then the republican party could take the shine off of him and focus on it, his record and by the way Bob, I ho- I but hope they you, won't that's the i hope problem. you're
4: correct because he's a beatable candidate not that he's as beatable as joe biden but he's a beatable candidate so is whitmer so by the way i hope you're correct and i hope i'm wrong yeah, yeah. Hey, by well, the well, our governor are, by also, the way is unbeatable on the democrat side
1: those are excellent yeah. points that we're going to dig down a little deeper on them in part two of this podcast. And we encourage you, if you haven't signed up for the subscription right. yet, you can do so at CrawfordMediaGroup.net or wherever you get your podcasts, Stitcher, uh, Apple Podcasts, TuneIn, and more. Uh, we encourage you to check us out, especially as we get into the second half of this week's edition of the National Crawford Roundtable Podcast. It's coming up next.
0: This has been a Crawford Media Group production.
1: Continuing now with this week's edition of the National Crawford Roundtable Podcast, we are a full complement of guys today. Uh, Neil Boron, Neil Boron Live out of WDCX in Buffalo, New York. John Rush, Rush to Reason, KLZ in Denver. Bob Duco, The Bob Duco Show out of WMUZ in Detroit. And I'm Roger Marsh, the host of The Bottom Line Show here in the People's Republic of California. We're talking about the Robert Herr Special Counsel Report, how it impacted uh, or is impacting the Biden presidency. And then more specifically, getting into the larger issue, I think we've finally hit that tipping point that we've all been talking about here on NCR and our respective programs for the past several years. And that is basically when are they going to you know try to Twenty Fifth Amendment Joe Biden without actually have to having to invoke the Twenty Fifth Amendment, and we're all in agreement that the her uh, special counsel report uh, is. Basically, that's, that, that's they, the, uh, the that's they a, special counsel. Excuse me, the stop they. The hate, stop <laughs> right. the hate. As Bob Dooley noted, we want to stop the hate and we're going to go for they them instead of her his or whatever it is with Robert Her. Um, there are five names that are being bandied about, and we've talked about most of them here. Um, Brandon Gillespie wrote a piece at FoxNews.com earlier this week where he suggested that the five top Democrat names to replace Joe Biden on the ticket this year were um Gretchen Whitmer, governor of Michigan, as we've noted. Um, Jared Polis was not on the list, but we want to get into that a little bit more in just a moment for people in the People's Republic of Colorado. Of course, Gavin Newsom, the uh, emperor of California, and uh, then Michelle Obama's name always comes up. Andy Bashir in Kentucky is uh, someone who's kind of seen as uh, like a down the middle, you know, here, here's here's how we get all of America to vote. And then of course, the the one wild card, guys, we haven't even gotten to this point yet. Um, all I have to do is say her first name and you know exactly what we're talking about. Kamala seems to think she's ready to take over. You know, she's the vice president, and if Joe wants to step out of the way, can can anyone envision – Bob, I'll start with you. Uh, Can anyone envision President Kamala Harris taking the oath of office in January of uh, 2025? Uh, It it seems like – frankly, I'm a little bit surprised –
3: that they haven't tried to uh, do the switch from Joe to Kamala anyway uh, sooner than this so that she can at least start being perceived as somewhat presidential. I don't know. If she's got the title of president temporarily, could she maybe get away with her word salads and everything? I I just don't know. I I think your average person looks at her and she's she's the worst enemy for herself because Mm -hmm. she speaks and then people go, what her say? Her say, whoopee doopee. For those of you old enough to know what I'm talking about. She perceives herself as always being the dumbest
4: person in the room.
3: And you know what? And she is. And she, I'm sorry. She just, but,
4: and she may not be, but that's how it's perceived when she's talking.
3: I know. And so she rambles. She Her word salads are legendary. She just is so... Clueless in trying to communicate and articulate thoughts clearly. I mean, come on, Joe Biden says, hey, you know what, we should put her in the basement and let's not let her talk. So that that's not a good sign. I just, you know, Roger, I just don't know. But we've got a dishonest, corrupt media. We've got a Democratic Party that's willing to put lipstick on on a dead pig uh they're doing this with joe biden right now they're saying no he doesn't have cognitive decline after all he doesn't need to take a a cognition test as part of his annual physical because he displays his his cognizance every day and how he and it's like wow it's
4: elder so, abuse bob i
3: know i know that but they the democrats are willing to prop him up and claim feeble jedi mind tricks these aren't the droids you're looking for he doesn't have cognitive decline Uh, so obviously they're willing to do this with kamala harris if she is i don't rule out the kamala harris factor i really don't rule that out. and them trying to rehabilitate her
2: image neil what do you think i don't think so i in my opinion i've seen enough democrats complain about kamala harris that i don't think they buy that she could be president of the united states or if she was that we would have any semblance of any kind of order in our nation i mean i think people are terrified of the idea of joe biden dropping dead of a heart attack and she Mm -hmm. being sworn into office five minutes later so i don't see how that could ever happen personally but you know what i mean who would have thought we would ever be here you know Look, talking about these kinds of things a few years ago, it, it, this is unconscionable. It's actually yeah, unbelievable. It, it um, was a
1: very telling moment of years ago. For, excuse me for interrupting here, Neil, but I was thinking about something, a, a moment where John and I were in studio together. I don't know if you remember, John, about seven years ago, we first had a chance to meet, and I was visiting Denver to do my show from KLDc. D.C. You, I, you, I got to hang out with you uh, for an hour on the air, and we were talking about Kamala Harris. I think she'd just been elected to the Senate. And you and your co-host were like, who is this woman? You know, and so right. I, we pulled up a couple of pictures and all of a sudden, I think your co-host went, Okay, I can see why they'd pick her. We didn't know anything about her. Just looked at a picture of her. And, you know, it's that image thing. Why is it the Democrats are so obsessed with this? I mean, the idea that, look at what the messaging. The messaging is, we need a white guy to be the president because that will make everybody not afraid. And then we can spice things up with a woman of color. I mean, I don't mean to sound so crass, but do you get the same impression that the Democrats really don't care about a platform anymore?
4: They've created such low information voters. That's all they need
1: to do. Mm. Yeah. It's, it's, it really is. It, it's hor- no, it, it really is horrifying. And I know we will hear from people who say, wait a minute, you can't say that. And you know, this, that and the other thing. OK, you know, this is the uh, this is the moment where we're kind of Charlie Kirk out in front of the college campus with a big sign that says Democrats are low information voters. Voters prove us wrong. We're looking for that. I mean, we're, we're looking for any sort of semblance of that, because when you look at the way the registrations are in the political parties, if people are just voting on sound bites, if they're just voting on pictures and things of that nature, then a picture of Joe Biden and Kamala Harris seemed fine at the time. Now, we all know collectively that the Democrat National Committee is sitting in the back going, oh, my gosh, what did we we didn't think that she was that bad. You know, we thought this yeah, is we didn't a perfect think this list. through. <laughs> yeah, we really honestly didn't. Joe Biden gives us stability, gives us a third term of Barack Obama's policies, and Kamala Harris can smile and kiss babies and cut ribbons and be the first female you know, vice president, and we'll get a lot of mileage out of that for four years. And four months into it, all of a sudden, it was like, uh, yeah, she's in the basement cleaning something, and uh, she'll be out in about four years. Okay, yeah, maybe- She
4: is probably one of the least – how should I say this when it comes to VPs? I mean, there's been some in the past you hear very, very little from, but – I think when it comes to VPs, she has been kept out of the limelight way more than probably any other VP we've ever known.
0: Mm
1: -hmm. Well, especially with her profile. I mean, this is the first. Remember, they had all of the media packages ready for Hillary Clinton. First woman president, first woman president to do this, et cetera, et cetera. And then Donald Trump put a stick in the spoke on that wheel. Kamala Harris, same thing. They have all the packages. You know, her dad's from Jamaica, mom's from India. And No. Where, where are those things? They're hardly anywhere. You, you hardly even hear them talk about the it
4: because she's so bad on camera.
1: Yeah. Which leads us to the next option then for the Democrats. Let's look at the Michelle Obama uh, equation part. I mean, you know, let's, Gavin Newsom, I think, makes sense if you're looking at, well, we need a younger Joe Biden. Uh, I, did you... John, were you the one who said he looks like Matthew McConaughey around here? It's a Pat Riley impact. You know, everyone Mm. still remembers the Showtime Lakers in the eighties. And so here's Gavin with his hair slicked back. Um, but the fact that he now has a state that's got a billion dollar budget deficit coming into fiscal 24, 25. I mean, he was the golden boy when he was getting free money from Capitol Hill. And now that he's not, you know, the state's in disarray and people have been leaving here for, for years. Um, But let's look at Michelle Obama. I mean, realistically, as a candidate, she hasn't done anything. She's that memory that everybody has. And everybody used to say, boy, wouldn't she be a she was a great first lady. Wouldn't she be the great first female president? How much weight do you think the Democrats put behind that argument?
4: Different time, different couple now from what it even was when they first ran some, what is it going to be, 16 years ago. The reality is I just don't see that happening. I don't think, number one, she wants it. Number two, I don't. Is she electable? Yes. Is she as electable as everybody thinks? No, I don't think so. Hmm.
3: Bob? Well, I don't know. I mean, first let me just say that regarding Kamala Harris, one final thing on her and then to Michelle Obama – with Kamala Harris, I, I I don't rule out, as I said before, the possibility that the Democrats in the media might try to might try to turn her image around, even though, yes, I know the Democrats go every time Kamala speaks, it sounds like her mouth is falling down the stairs and it's just embarrassing. But I can see them turning that around. With Michelle Obama, here's the reason why I I, I can't rule out the possibility. That Michelle Obama could get in there because in a normal world, in a sane universe, you would have enough people that would say, okay, let's face it. She's got zero, zero political experience whatsoever. Yes. Donald Trump had zero political experience, but at least he knew how to run multi-billion dollar organizations. Mm -hmm. She doesn't. With Michelle Obama, uh, in, in this day and age, the Democrats have proven we don't care about competence. We don't care. We're we're, t- we're doing weekend at Biden's, propping him up by two by four. So we don't. The Democrats will vote for anyone if it can further their agenda and so i can see every democrat voting for her and then maybe her getting some feel-good emotional votes from some of those soccer mom independents that just like her and i'll vote for the person that makes me feel good so i can't rule out that she gets 100 percent of the democrat vote and a little cream on top with some feel-good independents that are all emotional so we'll see but i do want to say this so real quick as as you folks as you folks listen to us and you know you hear us talking about preborn and Dennis Wilson and such, uh, we do want you please to support our 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 sponsors. We absolutely uh, do, and we thank you very much for for doing that. And I know I mentioned preborn just a just a minute ago, uh, but you can, if you want to give to preborn, you can go online to crawfordmediagroup.net, click on preborn, give right there. A hundred percent of what you give goes to fund ultrasounds. Okay, nothing for overhead. If you want to give over the phone, you can call 833-850-BABY and you can talk to a real-life person on the phone and give right there. And 100% of what you give goes to fund ultrasounds. Remember, you're paying for ultrasound images in pro-life centers so that moms will choose life. And they do. 28 bucks is the average ultrasound expense to stop one abortion, to save one baby's life. So pray about a number. Take $28 times fill in the blank. Whatever that number is, that's your one-time gift to preborn, your forever legacy of the amount of abortions that you stopped. And so we appreciate you folks doing that. CrawfordMediaGroup.net, click on preborn. Uh, so I'm just telling you, Roger, I can't rule out the michelle obama card just because the democrats are so emotion driven right now and do you think any democrats out there are going to say i'm not going to vote for michelle obama because she doesn't have the experience she doesn't have the... there's nothing rational that's going to cause them to say that would be a reckless decision so now it's whatever cream she can get on top from the emotion driven independent swing voter soccer mom so i i can't rule it out
1: yeah, it, it is certainly a credible threat. If she decides she wants to do it, I think the one thing playing to the advantage of conservatives is you have to ask the question: Does she want to do it? I mean, the first lady physician—I don't want to say it's purely ceremonial—but she does have a little more flexibility as to where she's going to go. As the president, you, you're on twenty-four-seven. And does she have that drive and desire? But I guess that's the big, uh, the big question. That's the big uh, uh, X factor, if you will. Well, Can
2: I just throw in there that I think yeah. you know there's there are some people, not all for sure, but some people in the United States. That think during the entire Biden administration, uh, and remember he was hiding out in his basement, you know, before the election in twenty twenty. <laughs> yeah. He wasn't out. I mean he wasn't out debating uh, Donald Trump face to face. I don't think we're gonna see a debate prior to this election if they end up being the, the two nominees. So uh, you know, they've been keeping him in the closet and 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 out of sight. So um, you know, that that then raises the question who's running the country and a lot of people feel the Obamas have been running the country at least Barack Obama has been running the country and I think that there's enough people that say well she's really pretty and boy I mean look at this uh, old beater I've been driving here uh, isn't working anymore so I'm gonna get a new car and I'm gonna put that new car in my driveway and boy isn't it fancy doesn't look good Um, well you can't equate that to who's gonna be running the country but I think that there's some people that think because her name is Obama that everything will return to what it was back when Barack Obama was first uh, elected president and everyone's gonna be happy with that. And I think there's that glitz factor that really has nothing at all to do with qualifications or even her desire, but I think that the Democrats want power. And if she can get elected, if they feel she's the one who can get elected, then I think that she's gonna be around in November.
1: Maybe a Michelle Obama and Jared Polis ticket, John Brush? Do you think that sounds Mm -hmm. electable? Um. Jared Polis, yes.
4: I don't know who his that. That's the one I have not been able to figure out yet. Is who his running mate would actually be. Keep in mind, you know, and this one isn't on the list, but Klobuchar's name has been floated around some. That's true. As as well, so you know, could you have a Polis Klobuchar ticket? Um, you know, well, what possibly? about Elizabeth
2: Warren?
3: Because you could get the Native
2: American vote.
4: Oh yeah, there you go. Yeah, you, 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 <laughs> okay. exactly. You, um, can can uh, I ask a question?
2: I I really I've been looking at I've been looking for this, but I can't find the answer. If 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 a standing governor like Polis or uh, Newsom or Whitmer ends up getting into this thing, maybe several of them, like a, the gg ticket you were talking about, the Gavin Gretchen ticket, mm-hmm. if that actually happened, do they have to leave office to run?
4: No. 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 Okay,
2: so that wouldn't open vacancies then in blue states. Only okay. once they right. would be,
4: you know, yeah. once they're inaugurated, then it would it would change yeah. things. Yeah. Well, right, no.
3: You'd have a transition from between the election and the... Uh, but, right. You'd have a transition between the election and the inauguration that would mm-hmm. take place. And, and you've got a lieutenant
1: governor in place. Yeah. Right. Exactly. And and lieutenant governor
3: they- appoints somebody as lieutenant governor that then has to win an election <laughs> next okay. time around.
1: Well, maybe that's the 50 point bonus question for this part of the podcast is who are the lieutenant governors in all these states that would be taking over? I mean, because I mm. I couldn't tell you who the lieutenant governor is in California. It was Gavin Newsom for a while, but uh, he was mayor of San Francisco too. We kind of know that because he was thrust into the limelight, but you know, I, I look at what's happening in the culture right now and I realize there's going to be a wild card somewhere. I don't know how Andy Bashir's name keeps coming up because, I mean, he's in Kentucky and other than that image of, you know, here's the, you know, Midwestern, white guy who can appeal to the swing voters, perhaps. Uh, he doesn't have the same appeal as Gavin Newsom, so I don't know where he's going to show up. Now, I would love to do a little lightning round here and go around who are the wild cards that we haven't talked about yet. I'll start. I want to know what Joe Manchin's going to do once he leaves the U.S. Senate. I, for some reason, he comes across as more of a moderate liberal as opposed to a, a f- fire-breathing progressive. He's been the governor of West Virginia before. He's been a senator for many, many years. He's voted at least somewhat moderately on a lot of different cases i could see where a guy like joe manchin could come in and really appeal to a lot of swing voters what do you guys think
2: okay i'm just going to throw it out here it's insane but i'm going to say it hillary clinton because
1: hmm. hmm. they've got all the media packages already so they wouldn't have to do any other The democrats insane. would
2: never
3: take someone that that's old, that that old and over the hill and She's Trump regurgitating Trump. No. right yeah, yeah that's oh, they true yeah.
1: Yeah. yeah is she 82 yet I'm just wondering. Nancy
3: Pelosi yeah. Nancy Pelosi defended uh, Joe Biden saying, Hey, he's younger than me. <laughs> 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 she said so, this so, yesterday. So here's, a, like, wow. here's a
4: wild card. What happens if Kennedy, who's an independent running and he doesn't no. he's not liked by his party or even by his family at this point after the Super Bowl? So yeah. what if he chooses Manchin as a running mate?
3: Hmm. No. No. I don't think the Democrat establishment would allow it.
4: Yeah, they're not—they're not allowing him to do what he's doing. He doesn't care. He doesn't care. He doesn't care. He's outside of that box. I know. Yeah, I know. that's true. I know. But he he's not—he's not going not to get the big donors. Yeah,
3: he's just not going to get the big donors. No, he, no, he wouldn't get
4: the them. big donors. But you know, would he? Would he throw a Ross Perot monkey wrench into this?
3: Oh well, he could if he decides to run as an independent and pull in Joe Manchin. Then, then yes, he absolutely becomes Joe Biden or the Democrats. Ross Perot, and then hands it to Trump. There's yeah, no it's doubt.
1: interesting how the Democrat Party has a hand in independent voting now, because let's face it, people forget that Bernie Sanders came within a hair breath of you know, being the Democrat nominee until Joe Biden got the, the nod. And how long has Bernie been an independent, right? I mean, independent in Congress doesn't necessarily mean what it used to be. And I think the fact that Robert Kennedy Jr. right now has taken the independent m- mantle, it's kind of the consolation prize. And, the he's, and Party. he's running
4: right now as an independent, guys. He's not a Democrat right now.
1: Yeah, he's running as an independent. Yeah, it's very interesting to see how that happens. And, you know, it's because he has such a strange appeal to a lot of different people. One thing is for certain, as we talk about what we're discussing today here on the National Crawford Roundtable podcast and who is going to be the next president of the United States, we know that they're going to inherit $34 trillion in debt. Mm -hmm. They're Mm. they're going to inherit basically a one point five annual trillion-dollar debt payment, where half of that is just interest on the debt. So you know taxes are going up. You know that even with the Trump tax cuts that were so good for so many people, they all expire at the end of uh, December 2025. So whoever's going to be in office on January 2025 is going to have some decisions to make as to what kind of bills they're going to sign. There's one way you can safeguard your family's fortune, as it were, and the money that you're earning right now that God has entrusted to you to steward, and that is by contacting Dennis Wilson at Wilson Financial. Dennis has the alternatives to what is available in the marketplace. If you trust what you're local investment house is telling you uh, you're going to wind up in a real estate investment trust that has you investing in someplace in Europe that you don't even know about that you can't get out of. Dennis has alternatives to that, that are investing in, uh, farms here in the United States and apartment complexes and places where you can invest the money for three years, get a guaranteed return for all three years, and then get all of your money back at the end of three years or reinvest it. That's just one of the alternatives that Dennis, uh, is offering to his uh, listeners right now at the National Crawford Roundtable podcast. If you call 800-696-9970 and mention you heard us talking about Dennis Wilson on the National Crawford Roundtable podcast, you will be glad you did because with the resourcing that uh, you have been provided by God and the stewardship to which you are called by God to handle those finances, uh, Dennis has been doing this for over 50 years. He knows how to legally work a system that will put your best interest at heart so you pay as little tax as you possibly have to in retirement and or even leading up to it. So 800-696-9970 or go to uh, CrawfordMediaGroup.net, click on the banner for Wilson Financial. I mean, we're talking personality. Almost everything we've been discussing here, every candidate is, you know, who's got the right pizzazz, who's who's the right uh, the candidate to do it. And the 800-pound gorilla in the room is how well do they do against Donald Trump? Guys, well, Bob, we'll start with you. What do you think is the – for all of the candidates that we've discussed here – as possible replacements for Joe Biden, how do you think they're gonna do head-to-head with Donald Trump and whomever he chooses to be vice president? I think it's gonna be Christy Noem, but he's probably gonna surprise us.
3: Yeah, I, I, Christy Noem makes a lot of sense, really, at this point. I, I think Nikki Haley's been burning too many bridges to for, for her to be named in this case. Tim Scott, I guess, is a possibility. But uh, you know what, if, and John is gonna resonate with this, I know very well, If Donald Trump can just stay disciplined, Liz Peek wrote a great op-ed the other day saying, here's all Trump needs to do to basically moonwalk into a win, and she's absolutely right. Her her things were just do three things. Number one, focus on the border, uh, remind everybody of what you did and what you'll do again on the issue of the border. Number two, things like energy independence in the economy. If you just hit those issues, energy independence in the economy, and then the number three thing. Shut up about everything else. Don't get into don't get right. and, and I think she's absolutely right. Don't get into the petty insults. And by the way, one of the things that she said that I thought was really insightful, and I completely agree. Don't waste your time going after Joe Biden's incompetence and his dementia anymore. Uh let Joe Biden's incompetence be seen for everybody already you don't have to say wow this guy can't put two words together let the american public see that he can't put two words together because what they'll do is they'll see how far gone and how feeble-minded joe biden is and then if donald trump stays on point with just a handful of talking points then those independent swing voters are going to see an amazing contrast they're going to be like you know what Donald Trump sure does look presidential especially compared to Joe Biden and Donald Trump doesn't seem to be fulfilling the caricature that Saturday Night Live keeps making about him and let let Joe Biden implode himself yep. by turning on the lights and letting people with 2020 vision and hearing see what he actually really is if Trump can just discipline himself it's his to lose against anybody Gavin Newsom any of them
4: I can't disagree with that, Bob. I think you're you're spot on. If he will just stay on target, stay on path, not let his ego get in the way, and I do feel, despite what he has said, this is one of the few instances where choosing the right VP will have a lot to do with how things move forward. He's going to need somebody that can go around the country and – at times, defend something he may just have said because, unfortunately, Bob, he won't do what you and I just said.
3: Okay, that's where Republicans come in. That's where they... There should be at least half of the Republican senators and House members that are willing to... Have his back and verbally run cover for him. Uh, This is what Democrats do all the time. Republicans stink at this. They leave Trump to fight his battles by himself, swinging in the wind, and then that's where he ends up shooting himself. And unfortunately, you're
4: correct, which is why the the running mate in this case is going to be very critical. But my my fear with Donald Trump is I don't think he sees it the same way we do. And unfortunately, this is a case where. Because of his ego and his thought process of, I only need me to do this, That's right. that will make him make a bad decision.
1: Yeah, Neil, what happens when you get the call that says, hey, we need someone to kind of steady the ship here a little bit on the Trump Advisory Committee? Neil Warren, we'd love to have you come join us. Wait, are you are you all in? Are I'm ready, ready to go. go. Totally yeah. ready to go. No, I, I can totally I, tell. I can yeah. see that happening.
2: I think Trump is uh, entirely, you know, that he's got a great shot to be, elected again to pres- into the office of president of the united states but i do think he's his worst enemy personally um and i i think some of the people we mentioned like polis i don't really see him being a huge name i know john you disagree with me on that but uh some of the other lesser names but you put together like a gavin newsom with a michelle obama and you can wow people and all of a sudden they're like well wait a minute our fears about you know joe biden uh, we can we can relax now Because Gavin Newsom Has been running The state of California We don't agree With everything he says But Michelle Obama Is a you know, wonderful person And I just I love the name Obama So I, I really I'm, Personally I'm just I'm I'm look, kind of looking At this like an independent Like if I was just Going to say Well listen I don't like where The country's going So I think I'm going To vote for Trump Unless I had a better Alternative in my mind So like the independent who's, Who just Just somebody tell me Everything's going to be okay Looks at like A, a Gavin Newsom Or Gretchen Whitner, Whitmer Or Newsom uh, Obama ticket and says, oh, thank God, there's at least an alternative here. I'm going to go that way. I, I really think that could be troublesome for Trump. Maybe others disagree, but that's where I see it. Bob,
1: we got 60 seconds left in our time together here, and I know that the Gavin Newsom, Michelle Obama ticket would be a huge dream for Democrats, but it would also be a uh, just a a nightmare for the pro-life community but there is things there are things we could do steps we can take to fight back even if that winds up being well, our reality in
3: and there really are and so with all the talk we have about abortion and such i know a lot of people feel like yeah but i'm one person what can i do you know what you can pay for ultrasound images through pre-born ultrasound images save babies lives but it takes money is the average ultrasound expense to stop one abortion, to save one baby's life. So we're asking everybody to pray about a number. Take $28 times fill in the blank. And whatever that number is, 10 babies, 50 babies, 100 babies, whatever it is, that's your one-time gift. That's your forever legacy. 100% of what you give goes to fund ultrasounds, not a penny for overhead. And so we're asking you to give to preborn right now. They do this in pro-life centers all across the country. So and have for a long time. You can give two ways, online or on the phone. If you want to give online, go to CrawfordMediaGroup.net, click on Preborn, give right there. CrawfordMediaGroup.net, click on Preborn. Or they answer the phones 24-7. So call anytime, 833-850-BABY, 833-850-BABY. Just mention National Crawford Roundtable when you call.
1: We appreciate the fact that you, as a listener of the National Crawford Roundtable podcast supports uh, Preborn, supports Dennis Wilson at Wilson Financial, and understands the value of what they bring to our podcast and also uh, what they do bring to the body of Christ. And we encourage you to support them. Uh, Check out everything at crawfordmediagroup.net. And also, if you've not subscribed to the National Crawford Roundtable podcast yet, we appreciate you doing that. Feel free to give us a five-star rating or a -a four-and-a-half-star rating. Every now and again, we get an email with a kind of a raspberry saying, oh, I don't like what you guys are talking about. But at least people are contacting us. Uh, Also, let us know what you like about the program and maybe some things that perhaps you'd like to hear us discuss in, a, in future endeavors because that's very, very important as well. You can su- subscribe at CrawfordMediaGroup.net and Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn, wherever you get your podcasts. Be sure to uh, check that out. And also check us on a terrestrial radio too. We still go old school every week and uh, portions of the program are aired on all of our different stations all throughout the country. For Bob Duco, for the Bob Duco Show, WMUZ in Detroit. Neil Boron for Neil Boron Live, WDCX in Buffalo. John Rush, Rush to Reason from Denver, Colorado. I'm Roger Marsh, Guys, thanks for a great conversation. Looking forward to having another topic to discuss next week. But uh, thanks for being with us here on the Crawford Roundtable. Guys, thanks for being uh, such a great group of discussers today. It was really a lot of fun to talk with you. <laughs> you bet. We'll
0: thanks,
2: see
1: you. Roger. Have a great week. <laughs> thanks, Roger.
0: You've been listening to the National Crawford Roundtable Podcast, a view of today's culture through a biblical lens, brought to you by Preborn, saving babies and souls. Join us in the fight to save babies from abortion. Your gift provides a free ultrasound for a mother in need. 80% of the time, she will choose life. Visit CrawfordMediaGroup.net and click on their logo to donate. And Wilson Financial Advisors, over 50 years of financial expertise and success, helping you build confidence in your financial future. Visit CrawfordMedia.net and click on their logo for more information. You can download this podcast from Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, and more from your local Crawford Media Group station or at CrawfordMediaGroup.net. And you can watch video of the podcast at MyHopeNow.com. Be sure to follow My Hope Now wherever you follow social media. And please give this podcast a five-star rating on your Apple app. Look for the notification on your app for when the next weekly edition of the National Crawford Roundtable podcast is ready for you to download. This is a Crawford Media Group production.